Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to personally discover the life-changing impact of the Word of God as you listen to this message by Bishop Richard Ayi. Bishop Richard Ayi serves as a bishop in Lighthouse Chapel International, a denomination founded by Bishop Dacuid Mills with over 1,500 branches worldwide. Bishop Richard currently pastors the London branch of the First Love Church, a vibrant campus ministry with young, energetic people, full of first love for the Lord. We believe this message will give you hope, light and love to strengthen you in your Christian walk. Now listen to Bishop Richard. Fantastic. So um, without further ado... Um, how many of you would like to hear some wonderful singing? Sorry, this side is okay. How many of you would like to hear some? Okay, then just... How many, what about on this side? Would you like to hear some just fantastic music? Well, if you would like to hear some fantastic music, then I want you to clap your hands and welcome the Milky Way Stars! When you're feeling small, 
testimony with you. So I've always had headaches and migraines for as long as I can remember. So I've just become accustomed to it. So if I go home after work, I'll have headaches. I can't see in the light for too long. It sends me to bed. Like it's just really, really painful. Like I have to put on my glasses. And then we had an all night prayer not too long ago. And that day I had a bad headache. Um, Even the venue was hot. So I couldn't breathe. I even had to leave to take paracetamol. And then they called for um, people who have regular migraines and headaches. So at first I was like, I mean, should I go? Should I not? Okay, I said, okay, let me just go because my, let me just believe that my healing is waiting for me. So I went up and I got prayed for. And um, today, when I tell you that like, I don't have no headaches, no, mig- no nothing. And it's so crazy because I just thought that it's something I'll always have with me. But 
like it just shows that like this is a healing church and we serve a healing Jesus. So definitely stick around because you never know where your healing is lying for you. So when your pastors, your elders and your friends tell you come to all, all night prayer, actually just come because yeah, your healing is waiting for you. Amen. 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 Those of you who have regular headaches and migraines, you will understand the gravity of the testimony. Those of you who do not have, may you never have. Amen. Amen. Are you encouraged? So if you're sick in any part of your body, I actually recommend you to come to the Good Friday service that we'll be having. If you come to that Good Friday service, I guarantee you, money back guarantee, you will not leave the same. You, will not, you, you cannot leave the same. Amen. So stick around and God will bless you indeed. Amen. All right. Well, well, we have some, we have some singing that will make you, it will, it, will, it will transfer you into the realms of the spirit. Are you ready to be transferred into the realms of the spirit? Give me a wave if you are ready to be transferred into the realms. Then I want you to clap your hands and welcome our sister Marcella to give us a song ministration. Labor in vain. 
Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Love and peace are only found in Jesus. Greater love is only found in Jesus. Jesus' love, the greatest love. Jesus' love, he healed my heart. Jesus' love, the greatest love. Jesus' love, my prince of peace. Jesus' love, you've got the greatest love.
but that was too sweet. Amen. Well, I believe that God is about to meet you at the point of your need. The reason why you came here, God will speak to you. Amen. And we have a great servant of God in the house today. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet and make some Holy Ghost noise and welcome Bishop Richard Ayi. Thank you, thank you. Let us pray. Father, we bless your holy and precious name. Thank you for this blessed opportunity we have to be in church once again. Thank you for the gathering of the saints. And thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that has made us whole, has made us saved, and has given us the gift of salvation. Thank you for this blessing that we have to be in your holy presence. Speak to us today. Teach us, instruct us, guide us in your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit. I give you praise and I give you thanks today for this blessed opportunity to be here. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving and the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Take your seats. Hallelujah. And good to see all of you again. Hallelujah. Amen. So, well, we want to continue sharing on 
prayer promises. Are you happy about promises? Are you excited there are promises in the Bible? Okay, so we have five promises already. How many of you remember that? So we want to move on to the sixth promise. You ready? Okay, so promise number six is in um, John chapter 15 and verse number 16, which says that you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. So that, or that, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, what I want to say again is that virtually all the promises you see and you know about in the Bible are more like covenants than just, I want to throw something at you. It's all very, very much Things that are um, conditional, if you like. It's like, you, do, you fulfill this, you have this. You, have the, you do this, you have this. Which is, which, which is quite normal. We're all like that in our lives. Are you not like that? Even the, the sweetest girl that you've told that you like to marry, as you are with her, you are looking out for things. It's just that you haven't said it plainly. That as I'm marrying you, I expect you to be like this. I expect you to do this. I expect you to do that. But you have it in your mind because you, you, you've made a lot of assumptions. Most, most guys, when they see the pretty faces, assume that beauty and the, and the, <laughs> and the nice face that they see implies peaceful, peaceful, sweet, doesn't talk back. Doesn't quarrel. Smells nice all the time. Has perfect breath all the time. She's kissable all the time. All these assumptions are made. She's soft. She's kind. She's gentle. Only says sweet things. Because the face is sweet. The faces are sweet and pleasant. So, all these assumptions are made. Even though he never wrote it out for you, but it's in his head. As he's calling you every morning. As he's texting, whatsapping, FaceTiming. I mean, when he FaceTimes, he don't answer immediately because you need to fix your hair first. You need to find a wig and put it on first. And then and then you need to work out the background so that <laughs> listen, and by the time you appear, everything is perfect. So he thinks and he believes this is it. This is it. That's how it's going to be. 
So with that, we've also assumed we like, that's why we like quick fixes. We've assumed that, you know, in walking with God, there is virtually nothing for us to dislike. God, he said when we pray, you give us. He said when we do this, you do it. That's what we, have always, we always have to read the scriptures in context. It's like, God, you said you do this. God, you said, if you were God, would you just put out a blank check there and say anything? I mean, look, look how wicked we can be. By now, you'd have killed your mom. You'd have killed your dad. If anything you ask in my name, and he will give it to you. How many people will be alive by now? That guy who said he would marry you, he didn't marry you. By now, you'd have killed him. That guy, that guy you had a crush on, he wasn't even aware. He wasn't even aware that you've had a crush on him. And then he chose somebody else. You would have killed both him and the person that he, he chose. You will be controlling the world's population by now. Killing who you choose to kill. And allowing those that you choose to live. So it's not as simple as that whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you. Because there are things you've asked that he didn't give you. How many of you have asked things you didn't get? Yeah, almost all of you, you asked. You didn't get. So now you have to understand why you asked and you didn't get. You have to understand it. It's not that God is a liar. God is not a liar. He, he is not a liar. You didn't read his word very well to understand what he actually said. You didn't read it. I mean, if you're a parent, and I'm sure um, some of you must have experienced it from your parents, you ask one question, and their re- response has nothing to do with what you're asking for. <laughs> what they are telling you is that I expect you to be like this before such requests shall be easy and shall be simple. Because you're asking, you asking for a, a MacBook Pro. And you are being asked, have you had your quiet time? The response to the MacBook is quiet time. And you are wondering, what has quiet time got to do with? Have you seen, have you seen that gentleman who was giving uh, a testimony? Uh, I think he was on, on an opera show. And he said he was so broke. So he was asking his mom for some money. And his mom, every time he asked his mom, his mom said, have you read your Bible? Have you read your Bible? And I think he kept lying that he had read it. And then he would say, so mom, when will you help me pay for this? Then his mom would say, have you read your Bible? Have you it's like, have you seen your Bible? Have you held your Bible? And he didn't understand it. For, and it went on for a while. So one day he took the Bible. And when he opened it, there was money in it. His mom, yeah, his mom, his mom had put the money in the Bible. So if he had been reading his Bible, he would have found the money. Do you understand? So many things are in a covenant. There are some things when you do, other things will be done. Other things will be done. But because you haven't done them, you don't seem to be experiencing the blessings of God the way you ought to experience it and the way you ought to have it. And it's, it's only because you are not a certain way. So again, the scripture is saying that you have not chosen me. 
I have chosen you. I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Wow. That, or if you like, you can say, so that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So the promise here is that when you are fruitful, your prayers are answered. When you are fruitful, when you are a fruitful Christian, not fruitfulness as in a giving birth, biological, having children. But when you're a fruitful Christian, when you turn many to Christ, when you establish souls in the kingdom, is it when you're a member of this church, when, you, when you're in this church, one of the things that we encourage in this church is that you have to be an active believer, an active believer, a serious Christian, I mean, first lovers are serious Christians. We are serious, ministry-minded people. Church is not, it's not just like, I mean, we are happy. Are you not happy here? We have, when we are here, we are happy, no stress, nothing. But we are, we are, we are relaxed in activity. Fruitful. You have to bear fruit. Soon, soon you should be able to point at people that you have led to Christ and established in the church. It must, it, must be, it must be a leading vision for you that there are people in, in the church that, oh, this one, I led this one to Christ. I witnessed to this one. I brought this one to church. And I established, and I established a person in church, not just invitations. Because there are some invitations. The person comes once, twice. The person doesn't stay. So it's a lot more than just, you know, let's go to church on a Sunday. To be fruitful, I mean, to be fruitful. Your, your, your mom gave birth to you, has fed you, has attended to you, has taken you to the doctors, has, has done different things, have, have put you in warm clothes so you don't die during the winter, has done so much for you so that her fruit will remain. Her fruit will remain. Her fruit is remained through things that she has done. Things that she has done to keep you alive. It, it's, it's the same way for, for you to be fruitful. A fruitful Christian, it, it takes a great deal of devotion and commitment to somebody. It doesn't happen by osmosis. That you are there, then people are just coming into church and remaining in, in church. We have, to, we have to put our minds to it, be active, be alert, have answers to questions. Have answers. Some of you, I'm sure someone has followed, someone has been following you up. You, if you even play hide and seek, how many of you have played hide and seek with someone trying to bring you to church? Oh, they've not behind. Yes. You play hide and seek. Today they see you. Tomorrow they don't see you. But you see, the person is not giving up. Because it takes, I mean, it takes some effort and some work to be fruitful. Again, again, one of the key things about fruitfulness, fruitfulness is not a result of a shallow relationship. To be fruitful in God and in Christianity, it's not based on a shallow relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't think you do. Your yes would have been louder. But what I'm saying is that there is, there is 
no child, there is no child in this world whose parents have not had a certain level of interaction. Do you think you understand now? I told you when you understand, your yes will be louder. (laughs) You didn't come into this world through a handshake. Mom met daddy at the bus stop. Then they had a handshake. Handshake. And then the result was a human being like you. That's why it's amazing when people say that the earth was made out of an explosion. Then we should have some more explosions for the Mercedes-Benz to come into existence. When it gets to a Mercedes-Benz, you say that someone designed it. Someone put it together. When it gets to a human being as complex as you, say so you came through explosion, a big bang, big bang theory. I mean, I think, I think if we, I, I have more respect for you, you're more intelligent than that. That to hold on to such a theory that big by loud bang, boom! Then the world is is in place. There is when when you see for you to become fruitful, for you to become fruitful, you need a deeper relationship with God, a deeper one. A deeper one. A deeper one. One day, day. I traveled to a certain country. Um, Had a convention. One of the days after the service, this young man comes to me and he says that, Pastor, can you pray for me? I said, no problem. I'd like to pray for you. But what should I pray for you? For? What was the prayer for? He says that so that my wife and I will have a child. I said, oh. Then I asked him the question. Where's your wife? Where is she? So I can pray for the two of you. Where is she? And then he mentioned a certain country. That is about six hour flight away. Six hours. I mean, when you sit, you sit on the plane. The plane will be traveling at about 835 kilometers per hour at, at 30,000 feet or 35,000 feet high up there in the air. And it will go for six hours. Then it will land. I'm sure that he'll take a cab and drive before he'll find his wife. So that was my first question. So, so your wife, so it's like now, I know I'm about to pray for you for a miracle. Your wife is six, six, a six-hour flight. Do you understand six-hour flight? Yeah, six-hour flight away. So I ask the next question. How long have you been married for? How long have you been married for? That was my second question. Is that a good question? So, as a, as a, he said, we've been married for, if I remember, I think he mentioned 18 months, a year and a half. Then I remember that, you know, um, I've studied medicine by association. Yes. My pastor is a, is a medical doctor, so I've, I've heard a lot of things. And I remember that he has said that 
even in medicine, you must have married for a certain number of years before you can be declared infertile. You don't just wake up and say that, I've been married for two days. We've tried one, two, three, then therefore we are. I think I've been married for about two years or something like that. I said, 18 months. So I said, okay. So I asked the third question. Do you want to know the third question? I'm explaining Christianity and fruitfulness to you so your prayers will be answered. So my next question was, within these 18 months, how, how long have you lived together? By this, by this time, I've turned into a GP. <laughs> it's like I'm not, I'm not even a priest anymore. Now I'm like a GP. I'm just giving counsel. So, so within these 18 months, a year and a half, he said, within these 18 months, how long out of the 18 months have you been together? And he said, about two months. So I said to him, I said to him, you don't need a prayer. What you need is a plane ticket. Either for you or for her. One of you have to fly. And be together. And do what you have to do. What needs to be done. A certain deep, I mean, it's, it's a deep interaction. Deep. You have to interact deeply. It's not, it's not a hug. It's not a handshake. It's not a kiss. It's not the most wet kiss that you can ever have where saliva is drooling from the sides of your... It's, not, it's, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's a very private it, 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 the interaction is, is done at the most private spots of your human body. Very, very intense and deep. <laughs> what you are doing? You've lived for two months. Married for 18 months. And you live six hour flight apart from each other. I said, I said to him, there is no demon involved in this. There's no demon. There's no demon. There's no devil. There's, I mean, you're not, you're not on Satan's agenda. He's not even thought about you. There's nothing to bind. You need a ticket. You need a ticket. And when you get the ticket, do what you have to do. Please do it. A few years after I met him, and I asked him how, he said, Pastor, we have three. We have three. We have three. There's three. There's three. No miracle. This is not a miracle. <laughs> So you will discover then from what I'm telling you that your your wishy-washy Christianity keeps you away from God. How can you just appear and say, God, do this? And then then, then it's discouraging you more and more because you feel as though God doesn't care about God. You don't care about God. Because he said, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. I have chosen you. I liked you. You didn't like me. I liked you. 
I like you. And I liked you because I want you to go and bring forth fruit. And I'm explaining to you that fruit bearing comes from deep interaction. Serious, continuous, persistent, intense interaction. Next time you see a pregnant woman, which I'm sure you've seen before. There's only one thing that occurs to you. She's done it. There was one sitting here, she's disappeared. When I saw her this morning, I said, this person can help me preach today. You see, there's only one thing that occurs to you. No matter how holy she looks, how innocent she looks, how soft she appears, how cute she is, how, no matter all this is, she has been involved in a very deep, deep, a certain type of interaction. That is the, that is the only thing that brings fruits. Look, when you see a pastor, an elder, a shepherd who has a ministry that is growing, that is increasing. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Don't make any mistake about that person. That person has a certain level of relationship with God. Make no mistake about that person. Don't make assumptions. Don't think about secular things and physical things. Just know this person must have a certain deep relationship with God. To bear fruit, to bear fruit, to bear fruit. It's not just one, then you're out. You're out for six months. Then you expect all prayers to be answered. All prayers to be answered. When when God doesn't know you, he doesn't know you. He doesn't know you. He has no relationship with you. He doesn't see you that often. You're not that close to him. You don't have quiet, I mean, quiet times. Quiet times. Have you seen the, the passage where, where God said, wicked people, I don't know you. I know you not. When you think about it, you ask yourself, that, how do you get to know someone? How, or how would someone get to know you? You can be in the church for a million years. And perhaps no one knows. The pastor doesn't know you. But why doesn't he know you? He doesn't know you because you've never made an effort to talk to him. You see, I go to first love. I'm in first love. I'm in dancing stars. I'm in stars dancing. I'm into this. I'm this. I'm active. I do this. I'm this. But, you've, but you've never spoken to him before. You've never even made an effort to even introduce yourself. This is me. You know, sometimes I get, I get messages from some of you that I've been around for three months. I've been around for six months. I've been around for a year. I just want you to know me. One of the things I want you to, I want to say is that next time add your photo. Because I see the name, but I don't. I can't put a face to the name. Add your photo. Not those that I know already. Okay. I'm talking about those that I don't know. Yes. Add your photo. I'll see. I'll see your face in the name. Because otherwise, you've been around for a million years, but I don't know you. I can. I, I can understand. I can understand. Lawrence, thank you for coming back. I can understand why why you can be why God can say I don't know you even though you've been working miracles in his name because his name works the name Jesus 
producing miracles. It's not a result of what you have done. He did what he had to do. And he was given a name above every other name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. It's, it's Jesus. But there's another level of fruitfulness and answered prayer where you now have to develop a relationship with God so that you can become fruitful. So that you can become fruitful. So that you can become fruitful. A fruitful Christian is somebody who knows his God. And someone who is deeply involved with God. Deeply involved with God. Mind you, not in church. Not in church. You see, public places are not the best places to assess who is who. Who is what. In in public, everybody puts up... um, Do you know PDA? Do you know PDA? Public display of affection. There are, I can give you a tip. Don't see me over it. Don't write me a long letter about it. Usually, people who show a lot of PDAs don't have real relationships. And I'm talking about couples. Yeah. Usually. A lot of pity, a lot of, you know, it's like when we're in public, we have to show that we are together, we like each other, we are into each other's arms. No. No. PDA, PDA is not, it's for, it's for, it's for the public. But you see people, when they're in public, they don't even talk. Not that they don't talk, but it's like, it's, it looks as though they don't even have time for each other. Go and see them behind closed doors. They are like earthworm and soil. <laughs> it's deep, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. At least from my little experience that I've seen. See people with a lot of PD. When you get into their lives, there's nothing. All that you see is what is shown in public. All over each other in public. It's, uh, that, that. It's, there's nothing. But you see, people, when they're in public, it's as if they're busy, they can't even talk, don't have time for each other. Go and hide a secret camera when the doors are shut and the curtains are drawn. You will collapse. You say, these people. They are intertwined. They are like a woven scarf. To be fruitful. To be fruitful. You see, that is why, that is why he's saying that. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. You give it to someone who is very deep in God. Who knows God? Who likes God? Who loves God? Who is into God? He's the one who receives answered prayer. Because he's a fruitful person. The fruitful person knows God, likes God, loves God. Not under supervision. But on your own. On your own. Loves God. If you love God on your own, there will be very limited, minimal supervision. 
No one will be telling you what to do. You not be angry and say that why are they always telling me what to do? They will tell you what you do because you need to be told what to do. But you shall be fruitful. Amen. That your prayers may be answered. Amen. So elder shepherd pastor, you want to be fruitful? You know what it means to be fruitful. That your prayers will be answered. That your prayers. Always ask yourself when you are alone. Always ask yourself that. What are your thoughts like? What are your imaginations like? What are your activities? What are your activities? Why do you shun sin? Only because pastor is around. Or bishop is around. No, I mean, bishop is not God. When you are alone. 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 Do you have the fear of God? That is what makes you you. It's not when people are around and eyes are watching. No. But you shall be fruitful. The second promise. That is promise number seven. Second for today. But number seven in the series. So this is a promise that God promised to answer prayers of those who bear fruit. Okay. The next one is in John chapter 14. Are you blessed by fruitfulness? John 14 and verse 12. Verse 12 says that verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name. It's very easy to quote just verse 13, isn't it? And run away from verse 12. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that my father may be glorified in the son. So again, he's saying, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. This is about the third time we are reading this, this kind of statement. Whatever you ask in my name, we shall do. You remember when we read abide? Yeah. But it's very easy to just take that bit. Whatever you ask, I will do. And then we just read another one. Whatever you ask, I shall do. But whatsoever you ask, I will do is in context. So verse 12 again is saying that he that believeth on me, he that believeth on me, your journey, your Christian journey, your Christian walk with God doesn't end with believing on Christ. Believing in Christ. I believe in Christ, so that is it. It does not end there. Believing in Christ is not the end of your Christianity. Believing in Christ is not the end of Christianity. It's like just it's like it's like cooking. It's like cooking, and then and then you 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 have the food, and there's no sauce. It's like those of us who are into the carbohydrates. I have rice. I have potatoes. I have this, but it's not the end of it for you to enjoy the meal. I was at table with. Some friends the other day, we all tasted the food, and I took pepper and salt. I began to. Then one person across the table said to me that I knew there was something missing. So I just said, This is it. Put it in. When you put the next slice in your mouth, you see that the taste is different. So I was watching him. He also took it. 
then he took them and said, you were right. I said, no, I was right. <laughs> Your Christianity is dry. Dry. When you just stop at believing, now I believe, I'm saved. That is the end. No, there is, there is another exciting level full of adventure, full of blessing. And it's called the works that I do. The works of Jesus. It's called the works of Jesus. But now I'm moving into the works of Jesus. The works of Jesus. Not just, not just a member. A member who receives updates on his phone. A member who just receives blessings. He that believeth on me, Jesus didn't stop there. He that believeth on me, he said the person that believes on me is expected to move on to the next level to do the works, the works of Jesus. The works that I do shall he do also. Then he says, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Then verse 13 he says that that person who is into greater works he shall ask whatsoever he wants. And that will I do. That will I do. That will I do. What he asks, it is that. I will do that. I will do what he has asked. That is what I will do. So God promised answered prayer to those who are into greater works. Greater works. What did Jesus do? He preached. Jesus' ministry, we can explain it in three words. Preaching, teaching, healing. Preaching, teaching, healing. That's that's why we have outreach campaigns. So if, if you've not been part of any of the campaigns, you better plug yourself into it. Don't just don't just show your face on Sundays. How many of you like your prayer to be answered? Dive into the works. Dive into the works. Dive into preaching. I'm looking for more preachers. I wish, I wish this, and one day it shall be for us here, that this group shall just be the, preach, the preacher's meeting. Preachers, just people who preach. You have different corners of London where you have your congregations that you meet with them and you teach them the Bible. You teach the Bible. You teach, you preach, and you teach, you preach, and you teach. It's a beautiful job. If you read about Jesus, how he moved from town to town. I'm just coming from Israel. And we were, we were staying in a place that overlooks the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Tiberias. It's the same thing, depending on which part you are. It has the name. And as we were standing there one day, then Bishop pointed out to us. He said, that is, that is, uh, do you remember the madman of Gadara? Yeah. So that is, a, that's the place. That is Chorazin. That is Capernaum. I mean, they'll show you all, it's all really, it's, it's all around, it's all around the lake like this. Different, it's like, it's like settlements. And Jesus, you, so you, you will understand how Jesus was moving from one settlement to the other, like one town to the other, one town to the other. It's like moving from Peckham to Camberwell to Nunhead to uh, yeah, he was moving places. But the, the place is very hilly, so you see, you see the, the hills like that, but they're all different places, 
Because remember, they're all are around along the coast. Oh, next time we go to Israel, we'll be there. <laughs> you shall be part of the next trip. You see, but those were the places that's in Galilee. Those are the places where he had his power ministry. His power. Those people where you see the miracles. You see the miracle happened here, miracles happened here, miracles. Those are places along the coast of Galilee. The miracles. Then he turned his face towards Jerusalem. It's a two-hour drive to move from Galilee to Jerusalem. It's a two-hour drive. But he walked. He walked all the way to Jerusalem. He walked all the way. All the way. So when he got to Jerusalem, Jerusalem was just a place for um, persecution and his death. So it's like here is power, miracles, preaching, teaching, healing, casting out devils, all the supernatural, powerful things happened there. Then he turned his face out. It's like now it's time for, for me to die, so I'm going. Then they started walking. So it's a place that you drive for two hours. It must take two to three days to walk. So he walked. Walked back to Jerusalem. And there, the religious people were waiting for him. But his ministry was preaching, teaching. Every Christian must become a preacher, a teacher, and into the healing ministry. Preaching, teaching, healing. Preaching, teaching, healing. We must, we must hear of testimonies at your campus church meetings. That somebody, somebody came with a problem and they were healed. That is, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is what you are. That is what you are. You are not, you are not to hold back. You are, you, are not, you are not a second class citizen of the kingdom of God. You go for your campus church meetings. There has to be healings. There has to be revelation. The, the power of God has to be there. The power of God. The power of God has to be present. Then he says that you ask. Greater works. Greater works. When you hear of a campaign, we're going outreach. We have a campaign in this area. Because we, we'll call it different names. Festival of Stars, Carnival of Stars. This, it's, all, it's all outreach campaigns. We are reaching out for souls to be saved. We are bearing fruit. So it's a combination of fruitfulness and, the, and greater works. We, are, we want to do more, greater things. Jesus' ministry was three and a half years. Three and a half. Three and a half. From his baptism at the Jordan River. Came out. And then he set up those three years. And then everything was over. Look how long you've been living. So you have more time. You have more time to reach out to more people. To reach out to more people. To do more things for God. Instead of being there and only using God's name for beloved. Beloved and wedding. What will, what will you do? You know. You know why some of these things are, will be unfortunate visions and dreams to have? Because everything about you will be unfortunate after your wedding. If that's your dream and your vision. As for wedding, you, you, you will marry. You will. You will have your wedding. It will come on. We will be there. Your Saturday will come. We will be there. We will laugh with you. We will eat with you. We will dance with you. We will rejoice. But afterwards, the works has to continue. The works. The works. It's not like you will never marry. You will marry. 
you marry in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive a beloved. Amen. You will have it. Those of you who don't have, receive. Those of you who have, laugh. But it can't be your ultimate dream. Ultimate dream. That is like, after this, there's nothing more to you. No, after this, after the, before, before marriage, after marriage, be into the works of Christ, the works of Jesus, what he did, the works of Jesus, preaching, teaching, healing, be, become, become elders, ministers, people who can teach. I mean, look, London is vast, vast. So many, so many universities, so many colleges, so many schools. You should take one. So many, I mean, different things. The lady who was singing, you saw the lady who was singing. A certain lady in blue, she was singing. Did you see her? Yes. Yesterday she was texting me. She, was, she, had, she had an outreach. And she was preaching. You think all she does from uh, uh, Monday to Saturday is just learning songs. To learn is to come and sing for 15 minutes. That's all her Christianity. It can't be. She had an outreach yesterday. She was preaching. She was preaching. Souls were saved. Almost 50 people were present. It's an outreach. It's, 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 it's a good effort for Christ. It's a good effort. Not just I'm learning songs to come and sing. It's nice to learn songs to come and sing. But when you can do more, hey, you shall all be preachers, teachers, and healers. Strive to do greater works. Strive to do greater works. Strive to do more. Strive to do more. Strive to do more. So if you the campuses you're on, we can have we can have ten churches there. Ten. Don't make excuses. We can have ten churches there. Ten. You've heard enough. You've been taught. Your one elder has taught you enough. You are even tired. You are even tired of her jokes. When you become tired of her jokes and her stories, it's not a sign that she is not doing well. It's a sign that you are overbaked. You are an overbaked potato. You must be served. Your first feeling of familiarity is a sign to you that you should step out instead of criticizing somebody. It's a sign to you that by now you should also have your small group that you are preaching to. That you are sharing, that you are doing visitation, follow up. You are doing, you are, you are doing what Jesus did. What Jesus did, you are doing it. What Jesus did, you are doing it. The first thing of saying that, oh, you don't, our elder is no more. And no, she's still very anointed. She's still very powerful. You have become an overbaked potato. Babies, when they are in the womb, nobody tells them that come out now. It gets to a point, it gets to a point, it's, it's like it's time to come up. That's when contractions start. Contractions, I have to come out. I have to come out. Now I have now it's time to come out. And they begin to find their way out. Begin to the head turns. It's a certain say of prayer, the head turns and it faces downwards. It faces downwards. I told you I'm a doctor by association. Yes. It faces downwards like this. So you see at a certain stage of the pregnancy, they'll tell her, the baby hasn't turned. Baby hasn't turned. And at a certain stage, it turns. They say, well, the baby has turned. Now the baby turns. No one gives the, sends the baby a text that come out today. So it knows that it is time to come out. 
Then they begin to kick and swim. And wait for the cervix to dilate. That's what they keep check, checking. It, has it dilated? Is it di- Because they need the opening to push their heads through. Need an opening. You shall have an opening. So that your prayers can be answered. Prepare yourself to be a preacher. I said prepare yourself to to be fruitful. To be fruitful. To be fruitful. Let nobody tell you that you've done enough. What you have enough. No, 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 no. We can have more. And we shall have more. Don't retire. You are retired. You're tired. You're tired. There's there's more to be done. There's more to be done. There's more. Great. He said, these works shall he do. The works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my father. I go on. If Jesus didn't go to his father, by now we'll all be living in Israel. Won't you also go? There's a man called Jesus. Let's go there. Let's go. So when he went, they said, okay, now you to do something. You need to try. Try and do something. So instead of criticizing, those of you who are entering into the stage of criticizing, a running commentary, it's a sign. It's a sign. See your pastor after church that you know what? I think the message really applies to me. The best part of the message is that it's my time. It's my time to preach. It's my time to preach. You see, you see, you see someone is singing, you see mistakes about the person. It's your time to sing. Wow. Come and take the microphone and sing. Wow. So I will clap for you. Wow. Shabalaba. <laughs> are you ready for the next promise? How many of you are moving into greater works? Greater works. Hmm. The next promise is in John chapter 16. I want to finish the promises today because next week I'm going to do prayer mistakes. Yes. So we are finishing the promise. We are killing off the promises. Okay. John 16 verse 26. Wow. Wow. He said in verse 26, At that day, you shall ask in my name, and I say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Wow. For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and have believed that I come out from the Father. Verse 26 again. I think you didn't see it. You missed it. He said, At that day, you shall ask in my name. That is prayer. And I, and I say unto you, it's like, it's like I swear. And I say unto you that I will pray the Father. For, it's like when you ask in my name, I will tell the Father about you. I will tell the Father, the person who is asking. It's like, it's like in normal life, in normal, even in this church. People recommend people to me all the time. Because a name will come and say, I don't know the person. And then the person who knows you begins to speak. Pray that somebody will know you. Pray that somebody who knows someone who is important will know you. 
So when the names come, I said, no, I don't know the person. Who is this? Who is this person? Who is this person? That person? He said, no, he's this, he's this, he's this. There's something to bring. I want to show you his photo. This is his photo. Like they said to me the other day, someone is taking pictures. I said, who is? I don't know him. They said, no. They said, you know him. I said, I don't know him. They said, no, you know him. They said, then I was told, he sits behind you. I said, okay. I know the face of those who sit behind me. Okay, let him take. That's how he got his job. He may not even know. That's how he got his job. I was told that he sits behind. I was told that he's, he's with, he's with uh, midday EA. They sit together. I said, okay. Then I remember that face. In that day. In that day. You shall ask in my name. And I say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. I will, I will ask the Father for you. I will ask him for you. I will ask him for you. I will talk to the Father on your behalf. I will talk to him on your behalf. And, and he said in verse 27, what he will say to the Father. It's like, it's like this, is, this is what I am motivated with. For the Father himself loveth you. Because you have loved me. You have loved me. And you have believed that I came from, the, from God. So what he, what he is using to pray for you, to talk to the Father for you, is that you love him. You are a Jesus lover. Jesus loves our promised answered prayer. Jesus loves. The Father himself loveth you. The reason why he loves you is because you have loved me. You have loved Jesus. That's your neighbor. How much do you love Jesus? It's when you love someone, you want to please the person. Isn't it? It's one of the main things. When you love someone, you want to please the person. They say love is blind, even though I don't believe it, but sometimes I can see that in some people's world, love is blind. Not only is it blind, but some people, they claim to be like this. Even stop thinking. They lose their personality. Things that are not funny, they find it funny because they are in love. Yeah, because they're in love. <laughs> it's like I'm, it's like I'm in love. So I've stopped thinking. I can't, I can't think again. Anything, anything that will put me on his side, I should be. Anything that would make me that would make him feel that I approve of anything stupid and anything intelligent he does, I would do it. Anything at all. That's love. Because, because I'm in love. Some people that's that's their, that's that's their definition of love. That's their definition of love. I'll do anything. You remember the, the song that she was singing, Peter Lava? I'll do anything to, for him. Even you ask, I'll do it for him. I covered him with so much kisses. I'll do it. Anything he asks, I'll do it. That's what someone you see a God-fearing girl. She claims she's in love. So she'll do it. She'll do anything. She'll do anything that. But I say it is it is at this point where your love, your love for a human being is becoming greater than your love for God. Because Paul and Co, those who really love God, they said the love of Christ 
constraineth us. We are constrained by our love for God. It's like, it's like the, the, love of, the love of God defines limits for us. Limits. Did you ever do a subject that had a, a, a part of called integration? When you integrate within limits from this point to that point. Did, did you do it or you, you fell asleep? Yes. Integration. Yo, the love, the love, the love for Christ keeps you within limits. It's like I can't cross this limit. Not because I don't feel like it. Not because I don't want it. Not because, not because if I get, I wouldn't do. But the love of Christ, the love of Christ constraineth us. So I say no. Because of my love for Christ, my love, the love I have for God is greater than my love for you. My love for God is greater than my love for you. I cannot sacrifice my relationship with God for you. For a wedding day, for a ring on my finger. I can't. I can't. The love of Christ constraineth us. It keeps us within boundaries. Within boundaries. Take me back to John, where we were. The Father Himself loveth you because you have loved me. Because you have loved. You see, Jesus is feeling the love. When you love Jesus, He knows that you love Him. He knows that you love Him. Your love for Jesus would guarantee you answered prayer. Because He knows that you love Him. You love Him. When you discover someone who loves you, there's nothing that you won't do for the person. There is nothing. Look, the scariest people on earth in your life are people who don't love you. Someone said to me the other day, she said to me, because she was once close, she said to me, sorry for the disappointment. I know I disappointed you, blah, 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 blah. I said to her, I said to her, I said, you didn't disappoint me. I said, I don't feel disappointment. Oh, anger towards you. So now she was wondering, so what, what is the problem? I said, I'm afraid of you. Yeah, I said, you frightened me. You sc- I said, no, I didn't use the word, I used the word scared. I said, you scared me off. I said, between me and you, is I am afraid of you. I don't know what you will come up with. I don't know what you will do. I'm afraid. I'm not, I said, I'm not disappointed. I'm not hurt. I'm not, I don't have, I don't even have those feelings and those tendencies. I'm hurt and I'm offended. It's not, it's not in my, I don't know whether I'm lacking something. If I'm like, pray for me, but it's not even something that comes. I am hurt. I'm offended by this person. I won't talk to you for 75 days. I am, no, no, I, I don't have, it doesn't come to me. Doesn't, doesn't even come. What is, has happened? So I'm afraid of you. You, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you look scary. Your name, your, your name frightens me. Yeah, because I thought you loved. I discovered you don't love. You don't love at all. You don't love at all. But when you discover someone who loves, someone who loves, someone who loves, someone who looks upon you with love. Oh wow! You feel safe. You do anything for such a person. Do anything for such a person. Say you don't love. I will not even like you to know my name, because I don't know what you do with it. Say, because you have loved me, 
I will pray the Father for you. I will pray the Father for you. How many want God to talk to the Father for you? Then love him. Next promise. Are you tired of the promises? So this one is that what God has promised to answer the prayers of those who love him. Okay? The next one is that God has promised to give us the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. (laughs) If ye then, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How many of you know how to give good gifts? Your beloved's, your beloved's birthday. Don't you know how to choose good things? Nice things. Even people who are not your beloved yet, you know how to sow seeds to, to turn their eyes on you. So they will feel that you have some kindness. You know, you have some kindness. Have some kindness. I shouldn't reveal all your secrets, isn't it? Okay, I won't. I won't say anymore. I won't say anymore. I don't say anymore. Because yeah. a gift maketh room for a man. A gift maketh room for a man. Give someone a gift, the person will remember you forever. Yeah. You remember what you did. Forever. Don't worry, I won't tell them again. I won't tell them anymore. So you can still use it. He said, How much more? How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them? that ask him. If you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. One of your constant, continuous prayer topics should be prayer for the Holy Spirit. Pray for the Holy Spirit every day. Every day pray for the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that will bring wisdom. He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of understanding. He's the spirit of knowledge. When you pray for the Holy Spirit, you are praying for wisdom. He's the one that the scripture says he will teach you all things. He will teach you. The scripture says he will convict you of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. If you pray for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is with you, he will, he will point out to you, no, yes. He will direct you, he will direct your paths. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are a different being on the face of the earth. That's what he said. If you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to you. It's a prayer you must pray every day of your life. Pray more for the Holy Spirit. Don't say, I have prayed. There is this kind of interesting doctrines. Once you've prayed for something, you don't need to pray for it again. No. The scripture says that don't be drunk wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, but be filled with the Spirit. It's comparing being filled with the Spirit with drunkenness. The person who was drunk last night, will he still be drunk this afternoon? He's not drunk. If he wants to maintain a constant state of drunkenness, what should he do? He has to keep drinking. So the scripture is saying that do not be drunk with wine because there are excesses with this with that in other words you go out of hand out of control you do crazy things because you're said rather be filled with the spirit so rather discover things that will keep you in a constant state 
of being full of the Holy Spirit, that you are constantly under the control, influence, guidance of the Holy Spirit. If you are with the Holy Spirit, will he be, will he be doing those things that you did? Hmm. 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 If you had the Holy will he be lying? Will you be deceiving? Will you be doing all those crazy things? If you have the Holy Spirit, you can tell when your Holy Ghost levels are running low. You become yourself. Your raw self. Your angry self. Your unforgiving self. Your jealous self. Your envious self. Your disrespectful self. Your, your self that doesn't honor anybody that has to be honored. You, that thing become, you become that. That's the person who lacks the Holy Spirit. He turns into a natural man. A natural man. May you be filled with the Holy Spirit. So ask God for the Holy Spirit every day. Every day. Every day. Ask him for the Holy Spirit. Have the Holy Spirit. He can, he can teach you what is right. What is wrong? The ways of God can teach you righteousness. So nobody can deceive you. So first we meet somebody because he says he's called prophet. Anything he says, you want to swallow it. Because he said, I'm called prophet. When your real prophet who has been with you for years speaks, you you have never repeated anything he said. Or even been disturbed. Because when he came, he didn't say that I am prophet and thus saith the Lord. You just meet somebody once. He says, I am a prophet. So I see you flying to America. And then he says, you are going to America. Go. You have a prophet who has a podcast for you, has been speaking to you. To do missions, to do this. You won't consider that. You first always say, ah, my name is prophet. You have become intimidated. You say you are buying a ticket, you are going to America. Because somebody says you are going to America and you are going to have a lot of children. Go and have, start having. All these speed levels are low. That's why people can intimidate you. That's why someone just say, I'm prophet, I see this about you. I see something about you. Then you, are, then you are trembling. Then you are shaking. Because he said his name is prophet. The real prophet God has given to you. Do you know know what it means to be a prophet? Do you know a prophet? Do you know a prophet? God has given you a prophet for years. His podcast, his messages are there. You don't, you see, these are the signs of dishonoring the prophet that you have. Because you don't take his words seriously. You don't take his words seriously. To honor someone, when the person says something, you take it seriously. It's one of the ways of honoring the person, of honoring the person. Besides, besides then there are other, other ways of honoring, of, of, of like the prophet's offering. Having offerings for the priest. Because you will give the prophet an offering depending on your perception of him. So it's like, I need to honor this person. This person is such a great person. Not some unknown entity appears in your life at a party. Then you are, you, are, you are trembling at the voice. No, you, you've had a prophet for years speaking, directing, provided a church, provided where scriptures, has written books to, di- books to direct you. 
Suddenly somebody says you are going to America, you can't sleep. You are sending your pastor text that somebody says you are going to America. Come for a ticket after church and go. It shows, it shows how you have dishonored the prophet that you have. The prophet that God has given to us. We have a prophet. He's the founder of our church. You see, your eyes, your eyes have to be turned to the prophet and to see that this person, this person must, I mean, for us to be here, he must have heard from God. He must have heard from God. That's a prophet. That's a problem. Not someone, not someone who tells that you have it. When you marry, will you not have a child? Who does it? I mean, of course, there are people who don't have But it's, it's, it's a natural call. You, you have children. My prophecy is that you have a child. Then you feel, I am the very, very anointed person. It's like, I have come. As you marry, you shall have children. Ah. What about serving God? What about that you are called? The first visit, the first visit that the prophet of this house made to me in my house do you know what he talked to me about? The call of God. Wow. The call of God. It was like Samuel going to the house of David. Wow. His first visit in my life. First visit. I remember we sat at the back of a taxi. And he put his hands around me like this. And he said, do you believe you are called? And I remember I shrugged my shoulders. And I said, do you think so? And he said, and he said instantly, he said, yes, I believe you are. Then I said, if you believe, then I believe. Here am I today. Is he not a prophet? Is he not a prophet? Here I am today. Is he not a prophet? You are evidence of the prophetic anointing and grace on his life. He's the one that when he speaks, you must be disturbed. You must be looking for me and telling that this is what this is what prophet prophet Daga said. They said they said he's the one. Oh, you meet some random person. Say, you are going to uh, Africa. You are telling me you are sending me messages that somebody said you are going to America tomorrow. What do you mean? Oh, you don't understand my example. Is it good teaching? That's why in first we honor our prophet. Yes. He's a prophet. We honor him. We honor him through the words that he speaks. Our response to the words. How we believe. That's what we call. We are eager. We are eager to hear him. This is why people were, people were asking me, where is he? Is he back in Ghana? Will there be revival at seven? Because like by seven o'clock, we have to be behind our screens to hear the prophet speaking to us. Revival is called revival at seven. We have to be, we have to, I'm looking for a hall. Soon you'll see, we have seven o'clock services here. Seven o'clock, we'll gather to hear the prophet speaking to us. He has to teach us, instruct us, pray for us, bless us. How many of you will be there? Those services will be lit. You can't miss it. (laughs) We'll sit there and the the prophet will speak into our lives. 
not the first time you are quoting the scripture. I don't want to despise prophesying. You've understood despise not prophesying because somebody said you are going to uh, America. If you want to go to America, say it. Because you seem to be excited by a prophecy. So somebody tells you you have to marry somebody. Already you want to marry the person. You get excited. When you hear things that you have never thought of or imagined, you are not moved by it. a missionary in Nepal. There's nothing American about you. Nepal. <laughs> we are, we are, I'm serious. We are going to Nepal. That's where we are going. We will have missionaries from here into Asia. Into Asia. We we'll go to Nepal. We we'll go there. We we'll enter. We we'll have large churches, ministries. Their souls will be saved. Do you believe this one? Yes. Oh, this one, you're going to sleep. <laughs> Cambodia. Cambodia. There are souls there. There are souls there. There are souls there. They're all there. That's what you should be praying about. Prophet has spoken for prophet. Okay. Just, you must always be eager to hear what is the prophetic message for the week. What has what has been said? That's how to have a prophet. Look, someone who says, I am you see, because someone doesn't call himself a prophet, doesn't mean he's not a prophet. And I'm saying this for you to be more stable in your Christian faith. Be more stable. Be stable. Not like a child. The, the, the scriptural definition of a child says someone who is tossed to and fro by every doctrine, every wind, every wind of doctrine. Doctrines are like winds. It's like there's some teaching that is blowing. Then you are blown. Mm. The wind of a doctrine. The wind. The wind of a doctrine. It blows. Then it's like, ooh, I've been blown. You shall be stable. Are you going to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Ask God for the Holy Spirit. Ask him for the Holy Spirit. Ask him for the Holy Spirit. Every day. Every day. Not once a day. Many times in the day. Ask him for the Holy Spirit. Pray for the Holy Spirit. And my last promise for you. Are you blessed with the promises? Actually it's finished. That's it. It's finished. I thought there was one more, but it's finished. So that's it. It's ended. I've gone to the last point. I'm not hiding anything from you. So be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. Be filled with the Spirit and see right things. See right one of the things we have to see as a see your prophet. See your prophet. Like, like you know your father. Someone else comes and says, I am your father. He says, He's an imposter. <laughs> see, he's an imposter. He says, He's a thief. The, the thief doesn't come through the door, he jumps to some other places. He's coming to say things. Know your prophet.
prophet. Keep your eyes on your prophet. Keep your ears on his words. His words. What has he said? What is he saying? What instruction? Is there an instruction to obey? Or the instruction is too difficult for you? So you want the easy ones? <laughs> you shall see your prophets. Amen. You shall be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Ask, ask him. Pray to God for the Holy Spirit. Pray to him. Pray to him. Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Don't you think you need the Holy Spirit? You need the Holy Spirit. When you have him, the, the amount of work and things he will do in your life. What a blessing it would be. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have to end here. And uh, we'll be together again soon. So stand to your feet and thank him. How many of you are believing God to become missionaries for Jesus? Missionaries. To go to nations and cities with the gospel. With the gospel. God has seen your hand. So as you lift up, he's written your name. Yes. So if you don't believe, don't lift it up. Yes. And those of you who want to be, watch who you marry. So if you want you marry, then that's the, end, that's the end of your ministry. That is literally the end of it. It's finished. It's finished. You become uh, a cook. No more preaching. So you have to watch carefully. So times like this, when I ask, how many of you want to be? You have to quickly check. Did he lift up his hands? He didn't lift up his hands. That's, that's his conviction. Don't be disappointed. Don't tell me two years later that I told you we were going to do No, you didn't think. You wanted a wedding. You've got it. Be at home. Have children. Change pampas. And cook pepper soup. And live forever. I live happily ever after. But you shall be missionaries to great places. Amen. You shall be fruitful. You will be fruitful Christians. Amen. First love members, we shall be fruitful. You shall be fruitful Christians. Fruitful. Fruitful. You will bear fruit. Bear fruit. You remember, put your hands up, open your eyes. You remember what it takes to be fruitful? Deep relationship. Deep. Deep. No handshakes. No hugs. Deep. Nobody ever got pregnant as a result of a hug. No. Deep. 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 Close your eyes and ask God for the Holy Spirit. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Pray. He He will hear you. Pray. Ask him for the Holy Spirit. Ask God for the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for the Holy Spirit. Ask God for the pray for nothing but the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Everybody praying. Everybody asking him for the Holy Spirit. 
is the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding the spirit that will teach you all things that will guide you that will teach you yes lord yes lord yes lord yes lord yes lord your spirit 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 lord thank you father thank you lord your precious holy spirit your precious holy spirit yes lord yes lord thank you father thank you father thank you for the holy spirit thank you for the holy spirit thank you for your precious holy spirit lord thank you father thank you lord father we want to thank you this afternoon for the holy spirit we ask for the holy spirit fill us again fill us again we need him we want him we want him to be with us to walk with us to guide us to guide us thank you lord for your sweet and precious holy spirit that you give to all men freely if we only will ask lord we ask today in the name of jesus as we go out of this place may we go with an increased measure of the holy spirit with an increased influence of the holy spirit in our lives let your spirit guide us into your perfect will let him guide us into knowing you more hearing you more obeying you more let your holy spirit soften our hearts lord that we shall be obedient to you and hear you lord thank you for your great blessing and thank you for your great help you've given to us as you give us your precious holy spirit in the name of jesus lord now while every eye is closed and every head is bowed i want to pray specially for you today perhaps you're here for the first time second time third time fourth time but you've been coming to church but your relationship with god is not strong perhaps it's not it's non-existent you don't know jesus as your lord and savior but this afternoon you want to say that pastor pray with me i want to give my life to jesus i want a relationship with christ i want a relationship with god it doesn't matter how long you've been around it doesn't matter how often you've been around today could be your first time you could have been around for the whole year but you can tell that you're not sure whether it'll be heaven or hell for you and today you want to make that all important decision the pastor please pray with me i want to give my life to jesus if you're here like that while every eye is closed and every head is bowed say pastor pray with me i want to give my life to jesus today could you please lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you pastor pray with me i need jesus in my life your right hand and i'll pray with you god bless you your right hand lift up high so i can see your right hand pastor pray with me i need jesus god bless you i can see the hand you want you also want to join you want to give your life to jesus today today you don't want to walk out of this place without christ say pastor pray with me i need jesus in my life i want jesus in my life just your right hand and i'll pray with you god bless you if you have your hand lifted up i want you to do one more thing i want you to come to me right here in the front just come out of your seat lift up your hand maybe you didn't even lift up your hand but you want to give your life to jesus come come out of your seat come to me right here come come all the way yes come from wherever you are 
Let's sing it just as I am. I'm waiting for you. Come. You want to give your life to Jesus today. Come. Just as I am. Just as I am without one clean, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. I'm waiting for you. You want to come? Come now. Bow your heads with me, everybody. Let's say this prayer together. Say with me, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's cross for my sins and rose up on the third day. Say it out. Say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Say, from today, I will no longer serve Satan. I will no longer obey Satan. I am born again. I am bought with the blood of Jesus. I will live for Jesus. And I will live for God. Say, thank you, Father, for accepting me and making me a child of yours. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for these precious ones. May they be established in your house. May they be established in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Lift up your two hands, everybody. I want to pray for you, Father. I pray for everybody in this room with their hands lifted up. Show them mercy. Let them have mercy, Lord. Let them be fruitful, Lord. Let them be fruitful in in their walk with you, Lord. Touch their hearts. Speak to them, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit speak to their hearts, Lord, that they may live for you, Lord, and bear fruits in your great and precious name. Thank you for your blessing that remains on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Say a better amen. Amen. Say a good amen. Amen. God bless you. You may give them the gift. You see, if it's for you, God bless you. Clap for them as they go back to their seats. God bless you. Clap for Jesus as you take your seats. Well, those who are visiting us for the first time, I want to give you a gift as well. Today is your first time here. Can you give me a wave? It's your first time. Oh, uh, yeah. Quick, keep your hand up so that I can give you a gift quickly. I need more people moving fast. You're making their hands hurt. It's like you can't see when you have to. If you haven't got a copy, keep your hand up. It's your free gift. Free. It's for you. God bless you.
on a hill far away. On a hill far away stood an old If you haven't received your copy, just give us a wave. Maybe today's not your first time, but you've never had a copy before. You can give us a wave. Or you want one for your mom. You can also give us a wave. We'll give you a one. And I love that old cross. Yes, Jesus. Where the dearest and best. Yes, Lord. For a world of lost sinners was laid. Thank you, Jesus. So I'll cherish the old. Trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for. I will ever be true It's shame and reproach Gladly bear Then he'll call me someday To my home far away precious blood that was shed for us Lord Father let it be for healing let it be for deliverance let it be for strength let it be for wisdom let it be for hope for us today whatever has disturbed the lives of your people nothing is quenched today whatever has haunted the lives of your people nothing is cursed today 
whatever is a voice of accusation and a voice that directs and leads astray from your love that voice is turned off today in the name of Jesus Father as we receive the communion the blessed communion the blessed blood and body of Christ Lord let strength come into your people let hope come into your people let deliverance come to your people let stability come into the lives of your people Lord where they have failed they shall no longer fail where they have tripped they shall see victory Lord Father let the blood speak on their behalf let the blood of Jesus speak on our behalf oh God and let there come an impartation of blessing let blessings come into the lives of your people guide us into that season of effortlessness Lord give us testimonies give us miracles and give us blessings we receive it with thanksgiving and the saints of God said Amen, Amen. stand to your feet on that blessed day that, that night before Jesus was betrayed the Bible says that he took bread and he broke it and he said this is my body which is broken for you take it eat it for as often as you do this you do show my death till I come the Bible says in the same manner also he took the cup he blessed it he said this is my blood that is shed in the new testament for the remission of the sins of many he said again drink ye all of it for as often as you do this you do show my death till I come this afternoon we are celebrating the victory that Christ won for us on the cross we are eating into our lives victory blessing healing every unpleasant thing shall be removed from your life anything that has settled in your life as a result of your ignorance and your naivety is being taken away this afternoon receive strength and healing and receive wisdom in Jesus name the body of Christ the body of Jesus Christ eat all of it the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus Christ drink it fathers we have eaten and we have drunk we thank you for your blessing we thank you for the seed of blessing we thank you for the fruits of blessings we thank you for instant miracles instant changes instant healing we thank you for the instant remarkable change that has come about in our lives this afternoon thank you for your blessing and thank you for your great grace in Jesus name and the saints of God said their loudest amen. amen God bless you take yours